Pendant Productions proudly presents King John, written by William Shakespeare. Welcome, welcome everyone to uh, the final act of our King John director's commentary. Uh, my name is George. I'm back from the depths of the broken connection to introduce this uh, this fifth director's commentary. Um, and with me today, I have uh, Landon on Dramaturge. Hello, everybody. And our uh, assistant director, Joel. Eh. So, I'm kind of, I'm, we are thrown straight in again, kind of like the last uh, act, straight into the action. Um, with John ranting and raving. And he's passed the crown over to Pandolf and then received it as a kind of way of showing that the Pope now approves of John as King of England. It is vitally important. So, of course, uh, we've got Russell Gold as our King John, and we also have uh, Kareem Kronkel back as Cardinal Pandolf. The very mild-mannered Pandolf. Yes, indeed. Growing in, uh, in importance as the play goes on. And then we have Philip the Bastard entering to update John on the war against France. Would not my lords return to me again after they heard young Arthur was alive? They found him dead and cast into the streets, an empty casket, where the jewel of life by some damned hand was robbed. Kyle, Kyle, man. But where Which it is gruesome, but I mean man. Be great and act as you've been in let not the world yeah, this, fear and sad this is definitely the start of John's downfall, if the start didn't happen in Act 4, of course. Threaten the threatener and outface the brow of bragging horror. So shall inferior eyes that borrow their behaviors from the great grow great by your example and put on the dauntless spirit of resolution. Away and glister like the god of war when he intendeth to become the field. Show boldness and aspire in confidence. What shall they seek the I think the audio may have cut out there, but uh, and make him I was saying, yeah, I would argue that oh, let it he his uh, downfall game and run to meet displeasure. Yeah, a lot of the decisions he made with uh, with regards to Philip uh, were indicative of his I have made a happy peace with him, and he has definitely feels kind of like a day of execution up to now. We've been having really bad luck with uh, with cutting out, just as you're saying. Really important, salient points this evening. I get a pass, though. I've been up since 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, that counts. That counts. That's what happens when the air with colors I Sometimes you get those early. No check. Let us my leash to arms. Perchance the cardinal cannot. And of course, today, uh, this is kind of dating this guy. Today was royal wedding day for George. So. Have thou the ordering of this present. He just hired. Yeah, just out in the streets waving our flags. I know. Our party may win a prouder foe. Coming back in, recording a commentary about uh, 
the downfall of a former king. You know, it, it's kind of related. <laughs> we can't escape them. <laughs> the Americans, we, we fought a whole war to escape them, and, and now here I am on the commentary, and there's Meghan Markle, an American. <laughs> so it's, it's inescapable. Uh, it's all a soap opera now, though, isn't it? Modern-day Shakespearean tales. Um, Joel, am I right in saying that uh, you mixed together the first half of Act 5? Uh, sounds about right, yeah. I, um, I'm second-guessing myself because I made the mistake in the last episode of putting <laughs> the wrong parts to you, but... Um, Talk us through kind of your thought processes with that. And an unurged faith to your proceedings. Yet believe me, Prince, I am not glad that such a sore of time should seem faster by contempted revolt and heal the inveterate. Well, just kind of like a army base camp that they're walking through and was meant to have different, more sound effects, but I unfortunately couldn't find the right ones. There's there's a uh, was it twice to hear tanks rolling by and, and radios going off? I think you nailed it with the um, with the radios and the, the kind of the slowness of the of the sound effects. Actually, it, it, it indicates the lull of in between combat for sure, compared to the kind of chaos that we had in your earlier scenes with the actual fighting in the air. And follow unacquainted colors right. What here? I think it's a nice nation that thou couldst remove. That Neptune's arms who clippeth thee about could bear thee from the knowledge By the of way, we have Will Harrison Where these two Christian armies might combine the blood of malice in a vein of league, and not to spend it. Who so I aptly compared to uh, Captain Ahab, if Captain Ahab <laughs> oh, what a noble combat hast thou fought between compulsion and a brave respect. Let me wipe off this honorable dew. And, um, who do we like also chance. have in the scene? My heart has melted at a lady's... We also have Laura Bramblett here as the Countess of Salisbury. But this effusion of such manly drops, and we have a bunch of this other shower blown up by Tempest of the Soul startles mine eyes and makes yeah, me more amazed than other scenes of all the top of heaven. It's the kind of classic Shakespeare thing where everything, everyone comes onto the stage. Videos. To just stand and look resplendent. Which is weird in audio. Yeah. I think that's something I was very conscious of. When I was putting these together is to... And I try, try and minimise the, the movement on and off stage as much as possible. Because there are definitely scenes in this play where someone enters and then someone else enters and then someone else enters and actually a lot of the time the entrances don't add anything in the audio space. So um, I tend to just cut those out. Kind of need like a commentator to stand there and be like, and uh, this person's in the background. The great metropolis and the sea of Rome. He doesn't say anything, Therefore, he's there. colours now wind up and tame the savage spirit of wild war, that like a lion fostered up at hand, it may lie gently at the foot of peace and be no further harmful than in show. Your grace shall pardon me. I will not back. I am too high-born to be propertied. 
to be a secondary at control or useful serving man and instrument to any sovereign state throughout the world. Your breath first kindled the dead coal of wars so this, this interchange between myself, Pandolf and, and Louis, Pandolf trying to convince and now, um, it is far too huge to Louis to cease his attacks on England. Which um, as both England and France are now acquainted me with interest in uh, the papal state, so to speak. Uh, they're on the side of the Pope. But I don't think Louis is too keen on that idea because he's pretty confident that he's going to take the throne. Oh, Shakespeare trying to make the Catholic Church And I think... As well, like the, the fact that this play was written uh, post Reformation of the English Church, it's, it makes it even uh, even clearer that King John, by placing all his faith in the Pope, is a weak king and a foolish king. Oh, yeah. And that's what Shakespeare's getting at. Which, by the way, in any offense to any Catholics, I'm, I'm talking mainly of Catholics. The Catholic Church in that time was primarily they tried to control every other country, um, sort of by proxy. Understanding that it's it's kind of weird the way Pandolf is portrayed in a lot of because he's very. I will not return till my attempt so much be glorified as to my ample hope was promised before I drew this gallant head of war and culled spirits from the world. It's interesting, like, whether, considering historically, do we think Pandolf would have acted this way? Because the big kind of papal intervention that was obvious to Shakespeare's time was King Henry VIII's divorce from Catherine of Aragon. Um, and that was, there was a very passive papacy involved then as well, for, for many reasons. But the, the papacy refused to grant Henry the, the divorce when actually Henry <laughs> thought that the Pope would be a lot more active in that situation. So I think there might be a comment, comment being made there about the papacy's influence or lack of. It's very possible. Um, it's also possible that um, because that shakeup was so great, because that's, that's one of the great shakeups of uh, religious history. The king doth smile at and is well prepared to whip this dwarvish war in pygmy arms from out the circle of his territories. There ends thy brave, and turn thy face in peace. We grant thou canst out scold us. Fares ye well. We hold our time too precious to be spent with such a brabbler. Give me leave to speak. No, I will speak. We will attend to neither. Strike up the drums and let the tongue of war plead for our interest and our being here. I just gotta say, your drums, I love that French accent. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's the best one. Yeah, French, French accents for our play was... That's probably one of the toughest accent castings we've ever had to do because generally we're like, okay, just give us your voice in your normal accent, whatever you can do, 
and we'll catch you. This was like, yeah, these characters specifically have to be French, so you have to get this accent. And no offense to most of our actors, but most of our actors can't do authentic French. It's a difficult one to do, because if you come across quite comedic if you don't do it well as well. So you got to be really confident with that French accent. Oh yeah, it's like when Americans try and do a fake Cockney accent, <laughs> and it doesn't come across very well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I applaud those who can. And those who can't, um, I, I don't. I can't do my heart is sick. My lord. Your valiant kinsman, Falconbridge, desires your majesty to leave the field and send him word by me which way you go. Uh, tell him I often hear from actors who are, who are disappointed that they can't good do a certain thing the way they want to, and I'm just like, play to your strengths, don't, don't worry about that. Definitely. Because I think he, the uh, the portrayal of the character will come across better if you're confident, not reaching for a for an accent or for a tone that you're just yeah isn't the strength. Oh yeah, that's good advice. And uh, if if it comes right down to it, go for go for that Shatner-esque uh, <laughs> interpretation. Just just go for it. It'll work. We, too. That we, um, we actually spoke over quite an important part of the plot there, but uh, King John is not feeling so well. Nope. Poor dude. Well, I, I say poor dude. <laughs> He's really dumb. I, I, it's pretty weird feeling pity for a dumb character. Why? Do you think John's a sympathetic character in in general, or not really? Uh, not really. No. As a matter of fact, honest to goodness, he's uh, he's the antagonist of his own play, which is weird. But uh, I I don't really have sympathy for him though. I, I think he's dumb. <laughs> I think that's that's one reason uh, King John isn't so well thought of as a play. Is it the, the central character? It's not that he's not he's not likable, but he's also just not really he's an antagonist in his own play, but he's just not a typical, exciting uh, enjoyable to listen to or to watch antagonist. Just quite Yeah. Quite silly almost. Cutting off your heads. Thus have he sworn and I one thing that's really interesting, though, is is I think this play is uh, really solid and super underrated. Um, so even though like it's not as well remembered, I think it's a mistake that it isn't because people are missing out on some good stuff. Mm, definitely. Where we swore to you. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some really good really good uh, imagery I find in the in the play. The constant recurring image of the lion. Um, I not throwing back to my view. Richard the Lionheart. Oh, yeah. And Philip too. The character Philip is is a character. Like uh, when I think through all the the characters that I've I've had to adapt for the show, uh, I'd probably put him in the 
probably maybe even yeah. the top five, in top top five. ten, top five somewhere in there. I mean, really what? solid. In the mm. world, could be your top one. Ooh, that's tough. Is that too difficult to answer? That's difficult. I'll have to think about that. Uh, because, like, part of me wants to say Cleopatra, and part of me wants to say Julius Caesar, and part of me wants to... I don't know, there's there's a bunch of characters I could say. <laughs> it's tough. I'd say again. Or not Julius Caesar, uh, Brutus. Not Julius Caesar. If Louis do win the day... Julius Caesar's a great character, he but he's not, born. The, he's not the heart of the book. He's not out there. Of yours, he's another, he's uh, somewhere. Somewhere That's tough. I'm going to have to think about it now. My top ten favorite characters that I've worked on, on the show. Smokes about the burning crest of the old Sorry, you must have a fair few of these now. I you could get a, a strong uh, greatest hits list going. I've got a bunch under my belt, so yeah. <laughs> sounds like a, that sounds like a great uh, segment to do on the Wild Bell Twitter, which, uh, faithful listeners, if you're not on Twitter, we are at the Wild Bell Show. You should get on there and start talking to us. Yeah, get involved. Actually, uh, Wild Bill himself will answer you when you tweet at the Wild Bell Show. <laughs> the, uh, the love of him. <laughs> I do feel kind of uh, kind of weird, like selling the the twitters when uh, Melon's just dying in the background. But you know, <laughs> got, got, got to increase that listenership. You know, no <laughs> I should go ahead and and uh, call out all the people that I have not. Uh, we had Adam Blanford here as Melon, um, the French character. Uh, we had Dave Morgan as the messenger, Natalia Lomovsky as the Countess of Pembroke, and I think that's it so far. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. I think I've named everybody else except uh, two characters in the last scene. thoughts in peace. Part this body, my soul. With contemplation. Shakespeare's characters do take a long time to die, though, don't I? <laughs> we do believe and beshrew my soul, but I do love the favor. This is a great death scene, though. Like really solid. Of flight, and like a baited and retired I mean, uh, yeah, as deaths go, like this. It's really positive, you know. We have overlooked, and cabby run on in obedience, even to our ocean, to our great King John. My arm shall give thee help to bear thee hence. I mean, he Pride didn't. The he didn't die in vain, really. Away, my friends. There's a lot of characters who do. I would not say that he did. Right. It was a. It was a noble death. Yeah, the whole the whole purpose of his death was to convince the other nobles to go back and join John. And uh, they do. They sure do. Okay, so I gotta ask, who directed scene five? 
Was that you, George? Um, yeah, from here on out, it's George. Genuinely can't remember, I think so, yeah. Okay, I'm curious how you tackled this, because this scene was originally just kind of on the battlefield, and I realized it would be a whole lot cooler if Lewis had a tick. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a almost lots of it. So I Where is my prince, the Dauphin? I made a slight change. I didn't have the uh English lords by his Yeah, no, I had I did have the tank, but I kind of I wanted it to be like the image I had was it falling apart? Um, hence the kind of the the rattling. I don't know why. I I just imagine it having kind of like rotary arms. One of them was like dragging behind it. And... But I do like the the steam hiss of the the door to the tank opening. And, um, yeah, I thought that thought that was good. Yeah, in the original script, uh, it was his tank was just kind of. And, uh, cockpit and box yeah, I had I, in my in my head, I was like, Louis on his last legs here. Um, his tank's kind of falling to bits, and then he kind of throws himself out in despair. So instead of tank, just think of that like big giant spider thingy from. The movie Wild Wild West. Hazards will believe thou art my friend and what thou who thou wilt. And falling apart. Please, thou mayst befriend me so much. And does it become one of the Plantagenets? Unkind remembrance. Thou and I, this night, have done me shame. Actually, when I put it that way, it's kind of a step down. That any tongue should escape the true acquaintance of mine ear. Will Smith, if you would ever like to be on the pen Shakespeare, just shoot me an the uh, the big name casting is coming. I'm sure of it. News fitting to the night, black, fearful, comfortless, and horrible. Show me the very wound of this ill news. I am no woman. I'll not swoon at it. The king I fear is poisoned by a monk. The pen Shakespeare presents Hamlet, and played by Wilson. I just, I, I, I don't feel like he's the person who's done Shakespeare before. I don't know why. I'm sure he has it like drama school or whatever. That's a great question. Now I've got to look it up. I've got to look that up. I don't, I don't actually know a lot about Will Smith. Did he go to drama school? This is a complete aside. Don't think so, no. He used to be a musician. Yeah, he, he was a rapper in the... Like the late 80s and early 90s. Night these flats, Watch, I'm going to his Wikipedia page. He's probably going to say he went to Juilliard or something. Myself will mount a escape. Away before, conduct me to the king. I feel I feel less bad about saying that Will Smith hasn't done Shakespeare then. So that, that might have come across as a snobbish comment, but... It is too late. The life of all his blood is touched corruptibly. Anyway, and his pure brain. Back to the play. The soul's frail dwelling house. Who do we have here? The idle comments that it makes foretell the end. As Prince Henry. This concerns is Will Shipley as Prince Henry. That being brought into Future the King. open air, it would allay who the burden. Wasn't heir to the throne, but you know. Prince Henry is another one though, who is also a rubbish king. Like it's not addressed in this play, obviously, but. 
historically, he was not a very good leader. Oh, vanity of sickness. Of course, Fierce extremes in, in one respect, you can kind of forgive him because he had a terrible death. He <laughs> couldn't exactly learn from anyone, could he? No, it, I mean it takes a it takes a good leader to to train a good leader. Cricks and wounds with many legions of strange fantasies, which definitely agree with that. Like even if you just even if it's just a mentor, like not a parent necessarily, but just a mentor. Like every great leader in world history had that one person in their life who taught them something that made them great. Who chants a doleful hymn to his own death? Mm. From the, the greatness, of greatness frailty, breeds greatness. Soul and body to their last and, rest. and I say that, and then there's somebody probably going to chime in on Twitter and be like, "Ha, you were wrong. There was this one person in history who fought <laughs> with nobody else." I'll be like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> Well, there you go. Send us your leaders who didn't have good mentors on the Twitter. I look forward to your responses. <laughs> this is a, a great performance. Um, King John on his on his deathbed or wheelchair, as the case may be. Uh, contrast it to his uh, the earlier kind of big, bold, rambunctious speeches of John, and it's he's kind of a, a shell of his former self. He dies outside, which I think may be a first for uh, characters. Most of them die indoors. I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Uh, Julius Caesar dies indoors. Yeah, I think this may be the first one we've had on the show that's oh, I am scalded with my violent motion and spleen of speed to see your majesty. I think it is a it feels at least like a bit of a cop out ending. Uh, just suddenly poisoned and then before you know it, he's he's gone. You think about that. In a lot of respects, yes, because King John really escapes the fate that he deserved. Like he deserved a lot worse. I think he deserved what uh, Arthur ended up getting. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, honestly. The Dauphin's preparing him for winter. Where heaven, he knows how we shall answer him. For in a night, the best part of my power, as I upon advantage did remove, were in the washes all unwarily devoured by the unexpected flood. <laughs> ah. <sighs> you breathe these dead news in as dead an ear. And so King John dies. My lord, but now a king. Now thus. Even so must I run on. <laughs> and even so stop. <laughs> what? Surety of the world, what it's hope, really bad what stay text. when <laughs> this was now a king, and now is clay. Art thou gone so? I do but stay behind. Well, with this, I kind of, of revenge. I wanted and to leave it quite quiet. As it on earth hath been, my servants. Just a sense of solitude and now, now you stars are moving. Calm before the storm, almost as well. 
Show now your yeah, in a lot of respects, like it's fixed to get crazy here. To push in the intervening years. shame out of the weak door of our fate in land. Straight let us seek, or straight we shall be sought. The Dauphin rages at our very heels. It seems you know not and then I, so I brought in the, uh, the, Cardinal Pendleton is the piano as well for these last few lines. Half an hour came from the Dolphin, and brings with him such offers of our peace as we Perhaps giving John a, a too much pathos with the ending, but you know. This war. He will yeah, it doesn't bother me too bad, because you need a you need a really impactful ending. So even though, like you said, it's it's almost in a way like it's a cop out, but uh, the, the, since the words are written that way, I wanted to make them as best as I can. And I think our actors did a great job of that. Let it be so, and you, my noble prince. Oh, and let it enter the record that Will Smith did not go to action wait upon your father. That's good to know. According to Wikipedia. Neither shall it then. Of course, only the and best research on we this show. On the state and glory he did get a scholarship to MIT and then turned down. So on my knee I do there you go. Faithful services and true subjection everlasting. And the like fresh Prince could have been to rest without uh, a spot forevermore. Fresh, I don't know. I have a cunning soul <laughs> fresh, that uh, computer and knows not how to do it, but There you go. Oh, let us pay the time, but needful woe, since it hath been beforehand with our griefs. This England never did, nor never shall, lie at the proud foot of a conqueror, but when it first did help to wound itself. Now these her princes are come home again, come the three corners of the world in arms, and we shall shock them. Naught shall make us rue, if England to itself do rest but true. Really strong ending line here from uh, Kyle Garrett. Bravo, our Kyle. And that's the end of the play. Wow, um, I can't believe we're finally here. The pendant Seems like this play's gone on and on and on and on, but finally, finally we're at the end. Act five. Yeah, it's, it's been a long one, and now we've got another history to look forward to in Richard II, following on from that. But thanks so much to everyone for listening to King John. We hope you all enjoyed it, and we hope you enjoyed the uh, inane ramblings of this commentary. But from me, uh, George, the director, and from Landon and Joel, um, dramaturge and assistant director, respectively. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. Adapted for audio by Landon Bell. Directed by George Linfield. Assistant director, Joel Rowan. Music by Doxon Zygmunt of soundcloud.com forward slash Doxon hyphen Zygmunt. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2018 Pendant Productions.